the gospel according to Matthew chapter 25. In the gospel according to Matthew chapter 25, we find a series of parables, amen. And we're going to turn our attention to the parable that starts at verse 14. At verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went And hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, Take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For everyone who has more 
will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. This afternoon, I just want to talk with you from the thought, talents, use them or lose them. Talents, use them or lose them. In this series of parables, the Lord is teaching about what it means to be part of the kingdom of heaven. As we have been studying in our sermon series, we have seen that God has some requirements. Amen. He has a manifesto. Amen. And we looked and we realized that chapters 5, 6, and 7 is called the Sermon on the Mount, and it is his manifesto. But I want to let you know today that Jesus didn't stop teaching in chapter 7. Jesus didn't stop telling his disciples what his requirements were for kingdom citizens. Amen. So way down here in chapter 25, he's still teaching in parables. Amen. And the Bible says that Jesus said that the parables were written not for those who did not know him, but are written for those who knew him. Amen. The realities of these parables were revealed to his disciples and not to the world. Amen. So he's talking to his disciples and warning them about what are, once again, the requirements of being a citizen of the kingdom of God. So the text opens up and it says to us, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a faraway country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. All right. The first thing we see here is that God is not going to be a micromanager, amen, of his resources nor of his servants. Amen. God is delivering instructions to us in his Bible, amen, but he's not going to stand over us and be yelling in our ear all the time of what to do. Amen. And that's a dangerous thing for a lazy person. Amen. Because a lazy person has to be prodded and pumped and pushed and all of this kind of stuff. But God's not playing that, y'all. And so the lazy person said, well, if the Lord's not yelling in my ear or not turning over my chair, then I'll do nothing. That's a dangerous situation and a dangerous thought to have. Because the Lord will come back to check on how faithful you were with that which he has given you. And when we talk about talents, we can associate those talents with gifts. Amen? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to men. Every born-again believer has at least one gift. Amen? Amen. It reminds me of this one servant that had one talent. But we are going to find it as we've seen in our reading that God doesn't care whether he's given you one or ten. He wants you to do something with whatever he's given you. Amen. Amen. So when we look at our text, we see just that. 
that he goes away and he's, he leaves the instructions and he says, do with my talents what I have commanded you to do. Amen. Amen. So we see that verse 15, he gave one more talents than the other. He gave him five talents, then another two, and then another one. But see, God knows his creation. Amen. Some of us don't need five talents. Some of us just need two. And some of us really only need one. The text goes on to say, to each according to his ability. Sometimes we look at other folks and what they can do and we get envious about them and we get covetousness toward them and we want to have what they have. Amen. Amen. We want to sing like somebody else sings or teach like somebody else teaches or does one task or another like somebody else but not realizing that you may not be prepared to handle all what they have. Amen. You must first of all become confident and become uh, if you will content in what God has given you. All right. Amen. You may not be one who has a gift that what they call in the limelight but Paul the apostle lets us know that the gifts that are behind are more important than those that are out in the light. Amen. So don't shun your own gift. Don't look at your gift and say because it's not in front of a whole lot of folks and being used in that way then I don't have much. I need to have what somebody else has. You don't know what God is doing with what you got to do more than what it's doing for the person who's in front of thousands of people. Amen. But be thankful for what God has given you because God is a multiplier. God said be fruitful and multiply. God is not putting you on the scene just to be on the scene as a statue, but he's using you in the ministry and whatever gifts you have will be used to be in the edification and the harvesting of souls of men. That's the most important things, amen, that we seek to save those which are lost, amen, that we go with the gospel message, that we go with whatever gifts God give us to connect with folks and to reach folks for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen. So we look at our text and we see that then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. This whole idea is the idea of a marketplace, Mm -hmm. Reverend Stevens, amen, where things can be traded, where things can be given and things can be received. Amen. God wants us to be interacting, amen, with that which he has given us. He wants us to invest those things which he's given us and our gifts into somebody else. Amen. So that somebody else might receive and then out of that reception we might be given all the more. Because give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaking together and running over. But until we get into the marketplace, amen, we can't reach other folks with the good news of Jesus Christ. We can't touch folks with the gifts that God has used to edify and to build up folks until we start to interact. If all we're going to do is stay among ourselves and never go to the marketplace, if all we're going to do is stay on our farm, amen, 
If we're going to stay on our farm and plant our peas and corn, amen, and we're going to go out on harvest time and just, just pick the peas and put them in a bushel basket, amen, but never take it to the marketplace, then we have failed in that which God has given us. God gives us what he gives us so that we can share it with somebody else. Your gift is not for yourself. Your gift is for somebody else. So when we begin to do our introspectives on our lives, are we using our gift or gift to be used to bless somebody else? Or are we just sitting on it? Amen? Let us continue in our text. We see that when he traded, he gained as many as he put out. Amen. So he came out with double as many as he started with. See, that's how God works. See, God is a multiplier, y'all. See, we got to stop believing that when we give out, that we're going to give out. Let me see if I can say that another way. We got to stop believing that if we give out of ours, that we won't have anything coming back. Never forget that the Lord of hosts who sent us out to give and be a giver is also a giver himself. And he is much different than we are because we're just stewards and he is the owner. But God is not like us because he has infinite resources. Amen. And so if, if we are those who are not giving, amen, then we are disobedient children to God. If we're not using our gifts and our resources for kingdom building and giving out to somebody who may not be able to give unto you, then we missed it. Because in another place, God says, when you give to the least of these, you have done it to me. So when we look at our text, we have to go on to see that everybody don't get a whole lot. But with that they have, God does some blessing, doesn't he? Mm. Look what happens with the servant who goes out with two. He still comes back with four. Amen. He still doves. That's 100% return. Amen. I like them kind of ROIs, don't you? But that's the kind of ROIs God to give to faithful servants who will go into the marketplace with what they have to bless somebody else. How you go out as one believer, amen, and bring back two more. See, that's what God is looking for. Be fruitful and multiply. Amen. And so as we continue in our text here, we see, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. There's some things very instructive in verse 18. First of all, there was a servant, according to his ability, he could only handle one gift. But the problem is he never took the gift to the marketplace. He never sang a song so somebody could be blessed. He he never gave a word to somebody who was down and out. He, he, He never shared a gospel message with somebody who was unsaved that they might hear a word from the Lord. All he did was kept his religion to himself. Well, He kept his relationship with his master to himself. 
I can imagine this individual when he did go to the marketplace that you didn't even know he had a talent. I can imagine if he was in the, in the framework of a farmer that he didn't even know that he had a farmer. He went to the marketplace in cloak. Amen. Like some of our Christians do where we go into the marketplace and you can't even tell that we even know anything about the Lord. We're in the world and we're, we're doing stuff just like the world is doing. We're not using our gifts, but we're out there doing stuff that the world does and we're looking just like them. For whatever reason, we have decided that we're going to put God on the back burner, but we say that we love him. This morning in Sunday school, we found out that the Lord said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And that's the if. Because everybody don't love the Lord. They may say it, but your actions speak louder than words. Amen. You say you love the Lord, but when you go to your job, all you do is drink with your buddies on the job so you can get a promotion and you run with them and you laugh and you, you tell their dirty jokes and you just look just like any other sinner. Amen. You took your gift and you dug a hole in the ground and you buried it. You buried it because you were lazy and unprofitable. You really didn't want to do the master's work. So you put it in a hole and then you went into the marketplace and you really did things for yourself. You were not concerned about the master. Amen. And that's dangerous territory to be on as a Christian. Amen. Say, well, the Lord is not yelling at me right now and ain't hearing him right now. So I have, I'll go do what I want to do. See, we get lulled into a false sense of security. Amen. Especially those that just want to be around the church, but never let the church inside of them. Amen. They want to come inside of the church building, but never want to let the church of God inside of them. Well. So we have to look at ourselves. We have to, we have to analyze. We have to settle all our accounts. Amen. We have to look at ourselves on a daily basis and say, what kind of life am I living? Am I living a life of the five talent, the two talent, or am I like the guy who had one talent? Have I buried my talents in the ground so that I can go out and do things the way I want to do them? Is that who I am? Or am I one who, who comes and says, Lord, this what you have given me? Amen. I want to give to somebody else. Amen. So when we look at our text. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. See, that's what we don't understand sometimes. We think our gifts are ours. They're not ours. They're the Lord's. And since we're only stewards over his things for a little while, it would be prudent if we would get about the commands that God has given us. Amen. If, we, if God's going to give us a gift and give us instructions on what to do with that gift, we might ought to get about it because since it's the Lord's money, he's coming back to see what you've done with it. Amen. It's like, it's like a, a, a businessman who has an accountant and has, has a company running 
He's not going to, if he goes off on a trip to, to make more deals and come up with more connections, he's still going to come back and check on that which he's already got in motion. Amen. And when folks don't, don't make no money, amen, amen, and the company is going negative or not doing anything at all, amen, some folks get fired, don't they? Well, because that business is to be a profitable business. And Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. And the business of God, he's looking for a profitable business. Not with filthy lucre, not with money, but with souls. Amen. But using money as a tool, but the end is the souls of men into the marketplace. But this unprofitable servant took his Lord's money and disobeyed his Lord and he put it in the ground. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. See, it may be a long time before the Lord comes back and checks on you about what you've been doing. And that's a danger in the kingdom because once again, we can be lulled into a false sense of security that maybe he ain't coming back at all. But this text allows us to realize that God is coming back. And he is going to call you to give an account for your stewardship. He's going to call me and he's going to say, son, what did you do with those gifts that I gave you? Show me. Show me the books. And I'm going to open the books and he's going to look over them. And no matter how much I chat around him, he's going to see the numbers. Amen. He's going to see what was going on. And he's going to decide at that point whether I was profitable or unprofitable. Amen. Look at the master. He's not as mamsy-pamsy and as, as soft as some people want to paint him to be. Amen. Because we're looking at our Lord in this text. Look at the text. He says, so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. God is good, ain't he? Amen. Amen. He he looks at the profitable servant. The one who took five talents and made five more. A a 100% return on investment. What a great investment. Amen. But, But I like this part because even with that great of an investment, look what the Lord says to him though. He says you've been faithful over what? Few things. I like that Deacon Johnson. Brother Wheeler. We don't have to be faithful over a whole lot of stuff. But we need to be faithful over a few things. Amen. Amen. Need to be faithful over something. Amen. Because God is so gracious. That he doesn't require us to be faithful over everything. He just wants us to be faithful over a few things. But he's so gracious and so giving, so loving, and so abundant in his showering of gifts. Look what he says to him. 
He says, you've been faithful over a few things and I will make you ruler over many things. There goes that fruitful and multiply. There goes that profit margin. There goes it all showing up that the Lord is ready and willing to give you much more than you ever earn in this life. Amen. Because he looked at all that the one with five talents did as a few things. But then he says, I'll make you ruler over many. Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has it entered into the heart of men the good thing that the Lord has in store for those who what? Love him. If you love me, Sunday school says, you will obey my commandments. If you love me, you will take my talents and you'll go into the marketplace. Amen. You will trade. You will tell folks about me. You will use your gifts to edify and to help folks. You will take your resources and those who are downtrodden, who don't have places to stay and food to eat, you will give and to make sure you will use my talents, you will obey my commandments. Amen. And then I will say to you, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Enter into the joy of the Lord. But look, you don't have to be just like the five talent guy. You can be a two talent person. Amen. Oh, when I went out in my life and maybe one person came to the Lord or one person was fed or one person was was given shelter or maybe two, just a few. But he says to him as well, does he not? He says you have been faithful over what? A few things. Amen. And he'll make him ruler over many. See, the same promise, the same Agreement is with the one with five as the one with two. So by extension, the same agreement would have been with the one that only had one. He said, I know you didn't do what Sister Brown did in her life. I know you didn't do what Sister Hughes did in her life. I know you didn't do what Sister Banks did in her life, but you were faithful over a few things. I saw you. I saw you when that little boy was hungry that you went in and bought him a bag of chips and a drink. I saw that. Huh? I saw it when that, when that young man was, was, was going through and wringing his hands that you came and you told him a word that gave him compar- com- com- encouragement to go on a little bit longer. I saw you. I saw you, amen, when you were out eating at the restaurant. And that you were talking about the Lord and the person that didn't know anything about him came along and was asking some questions and you answered them for them. And a light came on in their mind. I saw it. You were faithful over a few things. But unfortunately, one out of three was not obedient. Unfortunately, one decided that he wasn't going to do the master's business. He was going to be lazy and he was going to go about this. He said, you know, what I'll do is I'll I'll hide my gift and and I'll give God back my gift just as it is. Hoping that he'll take it just like that. I I won't use it or nothing like that, but I won't hurt it, but I'll put it up. Amen. And I'll give it back to him. But we find God's not interested in that. God's not interested in you giving back that gift saying, here it is. God's asking the question, what did you do with the gift that I gave you? Amen. 
while you had time. So our text comes and he says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Now, that's another thing. The lazy, unprofitable servant, they know who the Lord is. They they, they know his his MO. They know his, his makeup. They know his attributes. They know his characteristics. And God knows they know. So, The reason why is not because they know who God is, amen, but now they're making excuses. So he's going to use the attributes of God to make excuses for why he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Look at the text. He said he knew he was a hard man reaping where you have not sown. Well, another thing here is he see that God is a, a, a God of prophets. God is one who's looking for a harvest. Not for the seed back. He's looking for the produce that comes from the seed. He says it right here. I knew you reap where you hadn't sown. In other words, I knew that you were one. You were a businessman that knows how to use others to go do the sowing. But at the same time, when those seeds come up, you reap the harvest. Like any business. That's a good business. Amen. And this unprofitable servant knew all of this. There are many that have not done what they're supposed to do for the Lord. When they see the Lord, they will be without excuse because they knew what kind of Lord he is. Amen. And we want to be careful to know that we're not that kind of servant. We know what he wants from us and that we haven't sit on our gear our whole life trying to have easy believism and mess around and get before the master and he call us wicked. Amen, because we have been lazy and we have been those that we didn't want to have no confrontation. We wanted to do things our way and we didn't want to obey God's commandments. So when we look at our text, he says, where you have not scattered seed, that gives us more implication of, I know that you give seeds to others for them to plant Amen. And then you get the increase. I, I, I knew this. I knew you gave me this gift so that I would sow it. Amen. But instead, he goes a different way. But now, here in the next verse, we really start to see what's the problem. Verse 25 said, and I was afraid. Yeah, yeah. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. The first thing I see here is that we've got a servant of the Lord who is fearful. We've got a servant of the Lord who is afraid because he is missing the love of God. Well. How do I know that? Because the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. If you love me, you obey my commandments. We see that he's disobedient. Now he admits that he's afraid. And that shows to the lack of love because perfect love casts out all fear. 
So this servant got some real problems here. Looks like we got a servant that's dressed up as a servant, but he's missing the crucial ingredients to being a true servant of God. This reminds me of that fig tree that Jesus walked up to and said, hmm, look at this fig tree. It hasn't bore any figs. And he cursed the tree and said that it'll never bear any figs because the tree was really not a fig tree. Because you can tell a tree by the what? Brother Wheeler, the fruit that it bears. It may have looked like a fig tree. It may have leaves like a fig tree, but it ain't a fig tree till it starts bearing some figs. And there's a whole lot of folks that may look like Christians, may dress up like Christians, may talk something and somewhat like Christians, but are you bearing any Christian fruit? See, that's what God is. He's a fruit inspector. He looks past your clothes. He looks past your uh, religious talk amongst other believers. And he sees, are you loving anybody of the least of these? Are you reaching out to anybody who doesn't know me? I'm looking for fruits. I'm not looking for hypocrisy. I'm looking for true, authentic believers in me that obey my commandments. So when we look at our text, we see that he then tells the unprofitable servant, he says, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. See, God is like giving, showing him options, amen, that he didn't take. Not only did he not go and do any work himself, he didn't help anybody else to go do any work. He said, you ought to have least giving my money to the bankers. So in the life that we have, if we're not going to do it ourselves, at least we ought to help fund somebody who will. Amen. Amen. We ought to fund some board, some some missionary group, some somebody to go do the work of the master if you're not going to do it yourself. The Lord is saying here, he's saying, if you had at least done that, he may have gotten an opportunity to be ruled over what? Many. So God has given us all kinds of options to do right about him. But unfortunately, that's some folk ain't even doing that. They're not doing the work themselves. They're not funding or trying to help give a dime or a dollar to those who are. And oh my God, the work is not being produced at all in them indirectly or directly. And that's what God is calling out in this unprofitable servant. Amen. So he said, you at least should have done that. So he goes on and he says, therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. The Lord doesn't play, does he? He'll take that what you have and give it to somebody who's already got a whole bunch. So while some of us may be stewing and steaming over a lot of what somebody else got, you better get in a hurry to do what, what you have, amen, because you can lose that too. Yes. Your talent, use it or lose it. Amen. So we see God is not playing, okay? Before you know it, 
That one who could sing and minister to folks and could bless hearts because they have decided for whatever reason not to or that one who could usher or that one who could teach or that one who could preach did not do it. Amen. Or that one who could serve did not do it. God said, Jacobs, I'm taking it. And I'm giving it to somebody who will do something with it. Amen. And there you are. Loss of gift, not functioning, now you're barren, amen, because you didn't do anything with it when you had it, amen? Amen, amen. so the text goes on to let us know something else too, amen, God ain't through yet, amen, he says, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. I believe that the saints of God in this house as well as I can testify to the fact that you can't beat God given. No matter how you try. The the more you give, the more he gives to you. So we should just keep on what? Giving. Because it's really true. I don't know about you, but when I'm giving in the service of the Lord, I have never gone hungry. Amen. And a lot of times, somehow, with the miracle of God's word, I sometimes have more than I thought that I would have after I was done with what I've done. Because God is a multiplier. And he wants to give abundance to each and every one of us, but he does not bless mess. He does not bless disobedience. He blesses obedient children. He wants to give you abundance in your life above what you've ever thought of or thinking of, what you ever ask or think. God wants to do it, but he first wants you to use that which he's given you. Whatever God has given you in the few things, he wants you to use that first, and then he'll add to it. That's how he's got this set up. Don't be looking for a whole lot more from the Lord when you ain't used what you already got. Amen. 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 There's a song that says, uh, increase my territory. Amen. For them that are working hard in the vineyard with what they got, that's good news. That's a good question and that's a good request of the Lord. But if you ain't doing nothing, don't ask the Lord to increase it because you haven't done anything with what you got. And as a matter of fact, that's a dangerous situation to be in. It's a dangerous situation to be lazy and unprofitable and then get all more. Because all you might do is misappropriate that which you've been given in abundance. First, you got to learn how to use a little something before you can use a lot. That's why a lot of people who get a lot of money all at once, they go broke. Because they never learned how to manage the few little dollars. That $10,000 a year they had. Now they got a million. They were misappropriating that. Now they just do it on a larger scale. Amen. But God's got a plan, said Brother Wheeler, where he looks at us right now with our $10,000. And he sees, how do you pay your bills now? How, how, How do you take care of your food supply? How do you give in your offering? How do you do with what that you have? And once he sees that, oh, okay, you're faithful over that then he's got many things for you. Amen. He's got more than we could ever imagine. But first of all, you got to be faithful in a few things. 
So as we, as we come to a close, we see the terrible, catastrophic end to the unprofitable servant. We see, and he says, not only am I going to take it away, but he cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. Oh my God, in outer darkness. Outer darkness is the idea of a place where there's no communion. There's no warmth. There's no connection. Outer darkness is a place where you can't tell that there may be somebody right beside you because it's so dark and so dismal. There's no energy for connection. It's a picture of hell. It's a picture of hell because there are some folks that say, hey, when we, you know, when we die and go to hell, we'll be, we'll be drinking 40s with one another. No, you won't. Ah, there ain't going to be no drinking 40s and there ain't going to be no homies either. You're going to be suffering all by yourself. Undoubtedly, rich man Devies, before he died, he had some rich friends who had also perished. Amen. But the Bible says in that parable that when he lifted up his eyes, he was asking the question, could, could, could it, would anybody, can, can anybody dip their finger in the water and cool my tongue? For I am tormented in the flame. See, he didn't have his boys and the big money and his, his country club and the old boy connection. He was in that thing all by himself. Out of darkness. You are separated. You're in this hell all by yourself. And the text goes on to say there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because in this place you will never die. You will continue to burn and to, and to, to have separation and to have no communion. You will be going crazy in this place, but you never die. You will be weeping because you have lost it all. You will be weeping, but you'll be gnashing your teeth because you will lose your mind. But you will never die. It's the idea of solitary confinement. Well. Amen. Solitary confinement is we know that when one is in true solitary confinement without any connection to anybody else, they lose their minds. Because we are made to have connection, but in hell there'll be no connection. Amen. So what this shows is a picture of is this shows a picture of those who have been around the church, who have been in the church, who have acted like they were church members. And I mean of the universal church of God. Amen. They may have their name on a roll at a local congregation. Amen. But their name is not in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Amen. This is the picture of that, that you can't fake and shake with the Lord. Make sure that you got your business fixed and that your mind is made up and that you truly love the God because you are obeying his commandments. Because you don't want to live this whole life faking and shaking only to end up in a burning hell. Only to end up in an outer darkness where there is no communion whatsoever. Amen. This is serious stuff, saints of God. Amen. Amen. Let us not be lulled into a sense of false security, amen, because God is not raining down lightning bolts right now, amen, because there is coming a time that we will all have to be at the great white throne, and the judgment will come, and the key to it all is that you have your name in the book of life, amen, 
Amen. And so, so, amen, as we look at this text and if we go into this whole idea, we need to make sure that we're on the Lord's side. We need to make sure that we're walking with the Lord. Amen. So at this time, the door of the church is open. Amen. If there's somebody here who knows that their life is not right with the Lord, that they know that their communication with him is not there, you need to make your way with haste to the Lord. You need to say to the Lord, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, come and live in me. Lord, I need you to do in me what I cannot do for myself. I, I need to get right with you so that I can love you and obey your commandments. Well. The day is the day of salvation. Anyone can come. It don't cost you nothing because Jesus has already paid it all. You can come today. Come. Wherever you are in your life, come. Because the Lord is calling right now. Don't wait another minute, another hour, or another second. Because tomorrow is not promised. Come to the Lord today. Come. Unto Jesus While you have time Come unto Jesus Make up your there's still plenty of good room. Amen. 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 Once again, this afternoon, we are going to have our building fund service. Amen. We're going to spend some time worshiping and praising and fellowshipping with Amen. Blue Valley. Amen. Powerful preacher of the gospel, Pastor Flakes. Amen. Amen. Love to hear him preach the word of God. So it, it is, it is my hope and prayer that the saints of God here in New Zion can get back here. Amen. Amen. To be together this afternoon. To be in word and worship one more time. Amen. Amen. For a worthy cause because amen. And we need to get to working on that as well. We've got to replace our other air conditioning. Amen. Amen. We got one brand new but we need the other one done as well. Amen. Amen. And we're just looking for God to see us through. Amen. If all hearts and minds are clear, amen, let us stand for our benediction. Where he leads me
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we bless your name for another day's journey. Lord, thank you for every saint under the sound of my voice. Lord, thank you for all that we have seen and heard on today. Lord, thank you for Zion songs, oh God. Thank you for communion with one another, oh God. Lord, help us to continue to pray for one another and to prepare to do your will as the spring opens up, oh God. Lord, we want to be those who take the talent that you have given, and we want to take it to the marketplace. Lord, we want to be profitable servants, oh God. In that great reckoning day, in that day of settling in accounts, oh God, we want to be seen as good and faithful servants. So Lord, thank you, Master, for the opportunity, oh God. Thank you for the continuing encouragement in your word, Master, for what we ought to be about, which is our Father's business. Lord, thank you again, Master, for all the saints that are in this house. And thank you for the saints that are at every church open in your name. Lord, bless our service this afternoon as well, O oh God. Lord, keep us, Lord. Lord, and if for those who've got to go out, O oh God, keep them safe on the dangerous highways and byways, O oh God, that they may be able to return once again to the house of prayer safely. And Lord, we want to give you all the praise and the glory, for you are so worthy to be praised. And Lord, as we prepare our hearts to give, O oh God, Lord, we ask once again in the name of Jesus that you bless us to give out of cheerful hearts. And Lord, help us to use the resources that you give for kingdom building, oh God, and to be in your will, Master, so that it be as fruitful as you would have it to be. Lord, we ask all these things in the blessed name of Jesus and the whole church saying, Amen. Please be seated and obey the ushers. Amen.